0: Happy new year everyone welcome to the passionate dj podcast i am your host david michael and i'm here with the whole crew uh, yeah. <laughs> we've got mo dingo trip turlington and tony dissero all in the room i am david michael and we are ready to send off 2016 with a bang so welcome to our annual new year's episode i'll put some kazoos in here (laughs) (laughs) so it's been a pretty awesome year for passionate dj i've got to say a lot of growth it's kind of i mean in in the sense that passionate dj as a brand is kind of maturing and coming into its own and finding its voice overall and we've got a solid team now we're all excited to do our little things that we want to do to grow the show and uh, I just want to start out saying thank you to you guys for being awesome. Um, there's no way that we would be where we are without your guys' help. And so I, I owe you guys a huge debt for that. So thank no, you. No, Appreciate no, no. that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah thank just you. honored
1: to be a part of it for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys are, have always been down for the cause for, for, from day one. So, uh, it's, it makes this whole thing a lot of fun, you well, know, right. um, Well, especially
1: because, and not to cut you off there, but Mm -hmm. I mean, especially because we're seeing the growth, you know, when we talk about growth, you know, we're talking about real people. We're talking about, you know, not just, you know, people in our area, but we're talking about people worldwide are Mm -hmm. finding us and they're listening to us and they're listening to us on a, on a consistent basis. So... You know, our listens are are going up. The, the 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 feedback is going up. The you know, and and the the, the geographical reach is is growing. the listeners
2: are are unique. Each one, I guess, it's not that we're reaching out. To get a thousand likes or five thousand likes to people that we really don't want to like the show, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Just they're organic, organic, yeah. And
0: we're building a relationship with our listeners to where we there's a lot of repeat names. You've got a lot of people who send in emails and voicemails, and yep. they're come becoming friends of the show, and just the whole community aspect and all that stuff has really just skyrocketed this year, yeah. And uh, so the second thing I want to do is thank our audience for being amazing. Absolutely. Uh, totally. Yeah. You guys are great and uh, we're going to keep it going through the next year. We're going to try to ramp it up even further and do a lot of great shows, uh, expand into video. We're going to get into all that stuff that we want to do in the next year and beyond. But um, we we are definitely building the most audience, awesome audience on the internet. So I'm pretty excited and stoked about that. I agree. Um, so... I guess we should start with talking about some of the awesome moments that we've had on the show this year. I mean, we've we've had some great shows and interviews and stuff, and I don't even know where to start. I, <laughs> if I, I will start. Go for if it. You don't mind. <laughs> yep.
2: um, one show. There's actually two shows that stuck out um, to me. The one main show was obviously the Egyptian Lover oh, man, when he I'm was sure. talking about Dayton and he Platinum Dirt. That's it, right there. That's that gave me chills just hearing that about Dayton, being able to talk to that guy about all of the old school stuff that I grew up on, listening to the freestyles and and L.A. Dream Team and and the birth of West Coast rap, and just hearing that, and then hearing him talk about how the the younger generations don't realize what we have and what was born here right. in Ohio in the Dayton area you know with the funk influence and everything right. and him talking about Roger Troutman and Zap and and then, you know, Mo, just like you said, you know, we're walking on platinum dirt, yeah. that in itself.
1: And I mean, and, and yeah,
2: and, and it might not mean
1: as much to people who are who listen to that episode that aren't from here. Mm-hmm. But imagine somebody coming in that's not from your hometown, but coming into your hometown and telling you all of these things and, and, and really schooling you to the history of your city, you know,
0: it, and it's not like we're in LA or New York or right, something like that. Right. We're in Dayton, Ohio, right. you know? Like,
1: and, it, and I think, you know, like we all know a little bit about, at least a little bit about Dayton's history when it comes to the funk and, and music scenes and, and, and the part that our city played. But David made a comment in that episode where Dayton's done a really bad job of, making that part of our history known
0: embracing it and embracing it even. especially with with funk and all that right. i mean just we have such a rich history for all that stuff right. and for for egypt to come in and almost unprompted just acknowledge all that that we those feelings that we had and then some from somebody who is a West Coast legend exactly. it was just so cool to right. hear and unexpected. I mean, we knew it was going to be an awesome show and a great interview. right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know he was going to talk up our city <laughs> <Right>. on, <laughs> on our own right. show. That was pretty cool. Um,
3: and, and even for me back then as a listener, growing up on the West Coast <clears throat> listening to Egyptian Lover and being able to recall what he was talking about because I actually lived through it and then for him to talk Dayton up the way he did for me as a listener at the time was like, damn, that is that is dope. Why haven't you did a documentary? I have no idea. This this
4: place is one of the top three places for music in all of America. You got Motown in Detroit, you got LA and New York, and you got here. Way before the Miami scene, this is huge. If you could pull three of them out, you could Slave, Zap, and Lakeside. That's huge. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Ohio players and he. This is huge, yep. and you don't have a documentary. We, I mean, the youth e- don't even know how big exactly. their city is. Right? Exactly. Not at all. Not even. Your city is platinum, and you don't even know. You're walking on platinum dirt outside, <laughs> and you don't even know. How do you not know?
0: Yeah, we we had a conversation about that a couple weeks ago. It's just it's amazing that, that people just have no idea. I mean I there's no there's such idea. a rich culture for like funk and that sort Man, of thing here.
4: How do they not know that? More bounce to the ounces right here. hmm Yep. Steve Arrington, Slave. You know how big Slave was in LA? <laughs> Every album had like monster hits on them. Man.
0: This whole interview was was worth it just to get the different lover to say amazing things about Dayton. That's a, you just made my whole lifetime. Now, Dayton, <laughs> Ohio
4: made my lifetime. These saw me. Steve Arrington is like one of my favorites. I mean, he had oh baby wait for me and wait oh. I mean, <laughs> like who
5: does that? Right.
4: <laughs> Dayton, Ohio does that. That's right. You yeah. had more boss than an ounce. Who does that? that Dayton, Ohio yeah. does that.
0: Speaking of Mo as a listener, let's drop in a couple clips right here of Mo showing up for the first time to the podcast, because that's something else that happened this year is Mo joined the team. So once again, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. So, so super stoked to be here. I do have a comment from Mo Dingo, who is somebody who uh, I mentioned uh, an episode or two ago, left another comment or a question Uh, but, uh, one thing I forgot to mention was that, uh, Mo was somebody who moved back to my own hometown and, uh, actually came up to me at a show that I was at and we had a little bit of a chat and, uh, talked about the scene and the podcast and everything. So it was pretty cool to meet you and I just wanted to read your comment on here. This is, uh, uh, if you remember a few episodes back, we were talking about the movie Groove and we played a little sound clip from that movie where the, uh, the promoter of the, the rave in the movie was discussing what they called the nod. In other words, the, uh, the nod of approval from somebody who's basically just thanking the promoter for what is often a thankless job for putting on such a great show and doing it for the love. And Mo says, I wanted to comment on your clip from the movie Groove. I'm in the military and recently returned from a deployment. I was fortunate enough to be in a safe location where I could bring my laptop and my S2. During my time there, I had the chance to play several shows at the club there and work on my craft. One of the most rewarding parts of playing there was getting, quote, the nod from the young men and women out there burning up the dance floor. For a few hours, I was able to make them forget that they were away from their loved ones, working long hours under extreme conditions. Getting the nod from those folks and being recognized around the base for being that DJ was a great feeling. Thanks for what you do in putting all this together, boss. You will probably never truly understand what a great service it is that you're providing. Much love, Mo. Thank you so much for the kind words, Mo. I really appreciate that. And uh, it's very cool to hear that you were able to be sort of a shining light in an otherwise stressful and uh, not ideal situation, that you were able to bring the gift of music to your friends and comrades, and that was very cool. Thank you for sharing your story. And so Mo has a lot uh, coming up in 2017, which I'm sure we'll get to. But we're officially, for now at least, calling him the lead ambassador. And I think I saw on your Facebook page you had a cool title. Well,
3: Director of Community Engagement. Community Engagement, Beach. yes.
0: Director of Community Engagement. So Mo's focus coming up in the next year is to be interacting with all you guys and helping build that relationship even further with you guys and us so that we can have that kind of interaction Uh, anybody who's down for the cause can help us out and we can just get that kind of synergy going so we're really looking forward to getting a little more intimate with the people that listen to us you know i think that'll be pretty cool and and mo's going to help us help us do that and it's basically we get a lot of emails and uh, voicemails
3: people expressing wanting wanting to be able to help so I think we're just kind of doing the community justice by a lot, giving them those opportunities and how they can help us spread the word about what we're trying to do here.
0: So if you want to listen to that Egyptian lover episode, it's, it's episode 35. Um, I would highly, you know, coming back to that, I would highly recommend that you guys listen to that, uh, regardless of where you're from, because right. it's an awesome episode. Yep. Uh, anytime I'm introducing people to the podcast, that's, I say episode 35, <laughs> <laughs> start yeah. there, start there. Right. Um, Episode 34 was right before that, and that was our Drum and Bass 101 episode. Oh, man, that was a great one. Yeah, our friend Mr. Shifter came in and kind of gave us the, uh, you know, I was interested in this episode because I'm still kind of a baby to drum and bass. It took me a long time to warm up to it, and so I wanted to do a DnB and b episode, but... I didn't feel it was appropriate for me to do and I was trying not to throw everything on trip at the time. And so it was like, okay, trip, how about we do a drum and bass episode, but we call in reinforcements. And so the two of them kind of worked on it and and it just turned out to be this great episode.
1: And really, I mean, Jack did all the legwork and you know, just hats off to Jack and, um, uh, I really hope we can get him to come back and, you know, do something that's a little less structured, you know, get it, like really get him into, uh, into more of the, of the conversation, uh, rather than asking him to, you know, continue the curriculum.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's just, you know, in that 170 beats per minute range, I mean, there's just, uh, like you said, like we talked about earlier, you can kind of compose in halftime a little bit. There's just a lot of room for experimentation and um, just kind of the way that the genre Evolved along the way, it picked up influences, like I said, from dub and from reggae and from hip hop. And you know, you had jump up in the mid '90s, which was just like tons of hip hop samples and stuff like that. And then, you know, with the good-looking LTJ Bookham stuff, you had just like tons of funk and soul. You know, like you know psychedelic jazz influences, and just it just pulls from everything. And um, there's just like literally something for everybody.
3: How
0: about Disc of Donnie?
3: Yes. That was Man. awesome. That was
0: amazing. I'm still so <laughs> mad. The one guy, the
1: one interview. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm super thankful and glad that I was there for Egyptian Lover, but like because I'm so passionate about the damage that the rave act did and mm-hmm. here's the one guy Who had all the answers. Not just the answers, but was probably the most heavily affected by it. And, you know, he's he's kind of like the Larry Flint for the rave scene. Mm -hmm. You know, Larry Flint in the 80s was all about pushing for the First Amendment and what your freedoms are and all of that. And Donnie taking the brunt of the attacks you know, from the uh, from the Rave Act. Now, there were other people and there were other parties and there were, uh, uh, you know, the Rave Act has had a, a detrimental effect for years um, that we're just now really starting to bounce back from because of all the corporate interests in our scene now.
6: Yeah, you know, the world changes. It adjusts. It betters itself. And, you know, that was just a different time. And luckily, I had the, some good friends and the ACLU and a lot of people behind me and I was able to Keep doing shows, all right, and not go to jail. I went to jail
0: for one day. Yeah, we're we're definitely glad to hear that for sure. And I, you know, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that we usually have another co-host. His name is Trip, and and he really likes to talk about uh, the rave act and all the kind of litigation that happened around those times. And it's something that's frustrating to me because it was kind of a targeted scene when it's like anywhere where there's people playing music there's drugs everywhere you know it's it's not like i've gone to a rock show and just felt like i wasn't surrounded by drugs so it just felt very yeah uh, yeah targeted yeah. targeted
6: <laughs> yeah i mean it was i mean they 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 admit that they you know they wanted to stop and they had a, you know they had a war perception of what was going on when i sat down with the us attorney you know he didn't understand why people were driving for eight hours to see these DJs. It just, it, it was, they couldn't comprehend it. They were like, they're coming to get these drugs. I'm like, why Why wouldn't they just go next door and get the drugs? Why are they going to drop eight hours? So, Right. Uh, yeah, it was a learning curve for them. So, you know, luckily in the end, it was better that it happened to me than to somebody else because, you know, my hands were clean and uh, uh, it turned out I used it in a positive note.
1: Man, I'm so...
0: Ah, oh, I really wanted to be there. For Don't that. worry, because we we felt the same way the whole time. <laughs> right? We're having an interview. We're like, man, Trip you guys wants even, to be. You guys here even this. said that uh, in, during the episode. <laughs> yeah. We feel so bad. The trip's not here
3: because <laughs> I think you even said it to Donnie. It was like, you know, one of our guys. He just couldn't be here today. He'd really love to ask you a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. And I just envisioned Trip just in his car, like, ah, oh! <laughs> oh. that's
1: pretty
5: much it. <laughs>
0: Well, as it turns out, the reason that Trip couldn't show up is because he was busy moving in next door to you, Mo Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. how about that for a top moment of 2016? Yeah. <laughs> Completely unrelated to the podcast. Well, it's it's very related to podcast now. <laughs> yeah, right. but- very relative. But at the time, was
3: like just totally.
1: I remember odd. the first. T- the, the funniest part is I, I remember the uh, my my wife and I are still laughing about the first time we met you. We hadn't even bought the place yet. We come out here. We're looking at the property. We're falling in love with the place and
3: uh well you got to back up though like about a week before because that's when i sent a friend request to you on facebook that's true and you had to you had to like run me through this, the
0: filter of dave over here like hey is, is this guy hey, is cool this guy, is this guy all right yeah. <laughs> i remember that exact moment who's yeah. mo dingo and why is he sending me a friend request <laughs> but
1: so uh, you know yeah after after getting the all clear yeah. <laughs> and then um yeah, so we're out here, and we're looking at the property. We fall in love with the place, and all right, now we got to, you know, check out the neighbors. Well, there's only, like... A three, neighbor. Yeah, there's one direct neighbor, and then two other neighbors on the compound. <laughs>
3: yes, yeah, the compound, as we refer <laughs> like to
1: how it. Bi- how big is this? It, not uh, including the park? Are we 25 acres, 30 acres, something like that? Uh,
3: the entire property is 100, oh, but okay. just right here where we live, it's about 50. Okay, give it take yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so... my. I'm looking at I'm I'm somewhere else on the property doing something and my father-in-law and wife go next door to knock on the door just to ask the neighbor, "Hey, what do you know about the place next door?" because so, if the place is falling yeah. apart and the neighbor knows, well, okay, we'll back out of it.
3: So, uh, you know, we're sitting there. I think we had just got done eating dinner and we hear a knock on the door, which is very unusual because, <laughs> because all the neighbors <laughs> they come through the back, you know, because, you know, we're just that kind of people that we just we're all family on this whole little Compound here, right? Me and my wife look at each other like, "Who the hell's knocking on the door?" So then she opens the door. Well, mind you, okay, I'm sick. Like I get sick like twice a year, and this was like the one time that I was just deathly ill that day. So my wife goes to the door, and I hear her talking, and I have a nice big mug full of uh, bourbon and honey, just trying to <laughs> kill all this evil that's running through my system. And she shows up
0: with a grovelly voice. Yeah, like, what do you want? she's
3: out there and she's still talking. I'm like, what man, what's going on? So I walk out there and it was your father-in-law right. and Gina. Yeah. And uh, just sort of talking, and I'm kind of drunk at that point. <laughs> and this is probably about seven o'clock, but you know, okay, come on, don't judge me, folks. I was sick. I was really sick. <laughs> and, I, and I'm quasi-drunk. And I'm trying my best to probably not sway and let my eyes like, you know, look too dilated. And, you know, they're asking questions about the house and, you know, they had done some work recently. So we kind of just told them about that and then just sort of chit-chatting back and forth. But the one thing I remember about that conversation is I'm talking to Trip.
1: Yeah, when I come walking up know, around the house and I see my father-in-law and my wife talking to the neighbors and I'm like, oh, what yeah. are they doing? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so then Trip's talking to me and I shake his hand and I'm like, I know, I know you from somewhere. And just the whole time it's we're talking. Laugh. I, I was know like, that I was like laugh. what is it? I, I, I know this guy. I no, know, I know him. And we're just, you know, kind of just chit chatting. I was like, well, you know, we like to cook a lot. You know, I was like, I play loud music every once in a while, you know, so I apologize, you know, in advance if, if that's an issue, we'll you know and the, but Gina chuckles when I said that and I was like, the hell? So then, you Gina's know, Tripp's wife. Yeah. So we, we go our separate ways, and I'm talking to my wife. I was like, Do you notice how his wife chuckled when I said I play loud music? Yeah, <laughs> she was like, Yeah, I saw that too. And I was like, Okay, well, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so then it, it's like a week or two later.
1: Yeah, uh, we had I think we had put the offer in on the house and we were waiting to see if it would go through but we were like constantly coming out here sneaking out here just falling more and more in love with the blades and taking pictures. And
3: yeah, and, and we would see them we're like, "Oh, man, we really like them. I hope they I hope they get the house cuz at the time there was another offer right. on the home and something happened and that went through. And I remember it was a Sunday and me and my wife were in in Columbus and I'm just We're at dinner with some friends, and I'm before we're we're waiting for the people to show up for dinner. And I'm kind of going through my Facebook feed, and I'm like, "This Trip Turlington guy, who the (laughs) fuck is in my backyard?" (laughs) (laughs) Because there's a picture, and all all I see is the picture of my backyard, and I'm totally confused because I'm like, "I'm not there." My wife isn't there because she's sitting right next to me. I'm like, who the fuck is taking pictures?
1: This Trip Sterling guy. <laughs> because,
3: yeah, <laughs> this, Who the hell is this trip? Yeah, or, no, I, I didn't even look at the name. Oh, I just saw because our backyard is very specific and it, and it it just looks a certain way. Like yeah, I right. would recognize it on any image, you know, from any angle because right. it's a huge pasture. There's 17 horses back there, and it just you know it, it's it's a very memorable and easy to identify right so all i'm thinking was like who the hell is in my backyard taking pictures and then i look and i see the name it says trip turlington i'm like trip turlington Trip. trip. i was like oh 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 baby 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 do you know who that dude was do you know who that was the guy that we talked to you know that was trip that was trip and she's like who's trip i was like from the podcast from the podcast it was trip it was trip I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna be neighbors. There's gonna be so much room for activities. You know.
0: We can do crafts. Yeah, we can do crafts. Yeah."
3: So then, uh, I think I just replied on the picture. I was like, uh "Dude, we're neighbors." <laughs> right.
1: So then, me and Gina are like, "Wait, what? Just that was you?" <laughs> so then, like, you know, the 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 connection was made, and the rest was history.
0: But yeah. and, and you guys have to understand, listening at home, like. You know, Mo had already been listening to the show and already been in contact with me about wanting to help. contribute yeah. and help with the show. Right, and then like next thing you know, Trip and Mo are neighbors. I'm like, well, that's perfect. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> so that's so just the craziest planetary yeah. well, and star alignments happened there,
3: and you discovered us it, like yeah. across the world, it, literally. Yeah. I, I transferred from Texas to Dayton, Ohio. And then about six months after getting here, I was sent overseas for a brief tour, all expense government paid trip to Southwest or South Southeast Asia. <laughs> um, and while I was over there, I, that's when I found the podcast, I was doing a um, <clears throat> iTunes search. And then as I started looking through, I was like, Oh wow, they're in Dayton. Cool. Sweet. You know, I'll have to look these guys up when I get back. So then you throw that into the mix coupled with the fact that I just happened to wind up being neighbors to someone who Dave just brought on like literally weeks, give or take before, you know, so yeah, that seriously interplanetary alignment deal. (laughs) So totally not, totally not looking that gift horse in the mouth, you know, just trying to reap the benefits and just so happens that, you know, I got brought onto the show as well. So that's all super awesome.
0: And we we lost Tony for a good ten weeks or so. there. I know, right? Festival season, festy season. <laughs> so give us what's the uh, the 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 elevator pitch? How many? Let's just rattle off some names and festivals that you were working, stage handling, and all that
2: fun stuff. Breakaway Fest, um, Dylan. That was uh, Dylan Francis Young, Thug, Chance the Rapper, Benny Benassi. Um, Haunted Fest, Cascade, Galantis, uh, pff, Brills, Nineties 90s Fest. Nineties 90s right? 90s Fest, fest yeah. Bone, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Jazzy Jeff, Cisco. Sister hey, wait, Hazel. wait, wait, wait!
1: You just said Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm-hmm. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! It's the first, first of the I'm year.
2: Uh, (laughs) okay okay um (laughs) and we're back um yeah bone thugs and harmony um let's see who else paulie shore he didn't perform obviously he was a host super, super train wreck of a host, but he was <laughs> um,
1: I ran into him at Shanghai Mamas in Cincinnati one year. The Weasel? Yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of us. We were super drunk after a gig in Cincinnati and, uh, you know, Shanghai Mamas was, a or is, they, um,
3: the after hours yeah, Chinese well, spot.
5: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, we're all there. We're all drunk. We're all, like, just, you know, chowing down. And then a buddy of mine looks up and he says, dude, it's Polly Shore, DeWeeze. And then like and then he, he starts yelling from across the restaurant, Hey Polly! Polly! Like, like, <laughs>
3: like he doesn't know who
0: he is.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah so <laughs> Um And then we
0: did um Country Night Lights. <gasps> Tony's been hanging out with so many like big names and celebrities yeah. he can't they're even remember them all. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Number fest. <laughs> we
2: had uh Fetty Wop, Chain Smokers, um Marshmallow in there somewhere. Yeah, Marshmallow. Thank you for reminding me on that one. That was uh that was Haunted Fest. That's was,
1: somebody who really jumped up real quick. isn't they? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Marshmallow. Like I mean, I don't I don't remember hearing about that that particular guy like a year ago, and then I it just seems like over the past year, like just all yeah, of a sudden he's everywhere.
2: He, yeah, he came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, um, crazy. And so when you're working those shows, you're doing, like, stage handling, artist changeover, stuff I, I manage stuff like the that.
2: stage, and I'm the backline tech guy. So um, if they're DJs, you know, I, I make sure per writer, the DJ that's coming up, the right setup is, is perfect for them. It's, you know, all they need to do is step up and play. I make sure that, you know, when there's five minutes left in the set, I... You know, yeah. waddle my way up there, duck real low, and let them know that they have five minutes left, and um, get them on, get them off, make sure that the people that do come up on stage that have access that they stay in a specific area where they're not in view of the crowd, and it just you know it's just a bad look. Mm. Um,
1: Unless your girl talk,
2: right? right, right. <laughs> I mean, some of the artists they'll they'll bring your people up on stage, on you know, stage. and that's yeah. per right. per artist with with the management right. the. the, the the tour manager is right there when they're on stage. So, you know, if they okay it, then I'm okay with right, it, right. you know. Um, but you know, just making sure that they're comfortable on stage, everything goes right, they're on time, mm-hmm. things like that. Um that's
0: pretty much my job cool. for So that's why days. we lose we occasionally lose Tony for a little bit. So
1: <laughs> it's very hard to keep that that schedule and this schedule and <laughs> Yeah, it
2: was um this year was was more than normal because normally it's it's number fest and then this year we brought uh breakaway back we did it the first year that we did it we did it at the Columbus Crew Soccer Stadium and it was i mean base Nectar, 21 pilots mm. uh, kendrick lamar wow um empire of the sun uh and it did well but it didn't do exceptionally well so they waited a couple years and brought it back and this year they brought it back so uh it did it did really really well um so it was it was you know a local bacon fest right into 90s fest to columbus 90s fest pittsburgh into country night lights into haunted fest columbus and what was supposed to be haunted fest pittsburgh but got moved to columbus so it was two nights of that there and it was just one after another after a weekend off after another after another and you know it's fun and exciting and rewarding and cool as it is it's exhausting yeah no doubt you know and i'm glad to you know be on break for a few months and get back on the podcast and hang out with you guys you know
0: well it's certainly been great to have the whole family back together well now coming up next we have a voicemail from the one and only egyptian lover We asked if he'd be willing to check in with us for New Year's, and he was totally down. So we asked about his best moments of 2016, what he's got going on in the coming year, and his just general advice for up-and-coming DJs. So check it out.
4: Hello, baby. This is the Egyptian Lover. My favorite moment in 2016 was the release of my anthology on Stone's Throw Records. That's right, four vinyl albums in a box set. 1983 to 1988 you must check it out upcoming for 2017 i am recording a brand new album entitled 1985 to follow to my 1984 album and i'm also starting some new movie projects so be ready for that to all the upcoming djs keep creating as you are the future of music and movies so do whatever you can do the window is wide open so be creative and keep creating shout out to passionate dj and check out my three brand new videos, Into the Future, Belly Dance, and Killing It. That's right, the Egyptian lover, baby.
0: So as we talk about, you know, kind of the year in review, um, unfortunately, not everything was a highlight in 2016, as everybody's aware. Right. Um, there are a number of things that uh, did not go terribly well, and uh, there was some, some tragedy that we probably should at least briefly bring up and, and give our condolences, um, as far as the uh, the Orlando Pulse nightclub situation, um, and uh, what was it, Oakland? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Oakland, um. Yeah, do do you guys know the the I didn't know much about that what happened there. It was it, the fire, right? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a um
3: warehouse that you, they, it used to be like a manufacturing.
0: And uh, it was like place. not <clears throat> appropriately like not up to code or well, something. Well, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, one of,
1: one of the problems that Oakland and San Francisco are dealing with are skyrocketing uh rent rates and mm-hmm. things like that. So, what this place was was a um it it was an artist space Mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of things that just were not up to code. So, and being an artist space, uh, there were, you know, a lot of flammable things that were Mm -hmm. met up with other flammable things. And and it just, there were a lot of things that weren't up to code and, um, you know, people were living there, but then they were throwing shows there and, and all of that. And so at, Artists as well as musicians and DJs and things like that. Right. So unfortunately, the, the as that fire you know hit, there were no smoke alarms, there were no no uh, no, no uh, sprinkler systems or any, anything like that. So you know, by the time it gets out of control, you know, it, yeah. people are trapped. People yeah. are trapped and you can't get out.
0: And yeah. I th- I think that's I mean it's it's worth talking about because like even here in Dayton, Ohio, like it's a similar situation sometimes oh, yeah. where you're looking for a venue and especially downtown in the city, mm-hmm. everything's old, oh, you know, yeah. old building, historic building times
1: over the past 20 years that I've, especially in the late nineties and early two thousands. I mean that, I mean the, the dirtier the, the warehouse, vin- the yeah. better, like
0: the you v- know some of the venues we used. And, and yeah, well, I was just going to say it's, that. it's almost always the holdup is a sprinkler system. Right, right. Right. The sprinklers are never up to code and, you see why that's an issue, you know. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, I know I've looked all over Dayton at different various venues and, and you know, venues, empty spaces. Right, right. Because right. um, there's a lot of abandoned spaces, you know, in, in any city like that. And, and and Tony's probably been in every little nook and cranny in downtown. Um, and that's that's what I always see. It's like, well, we're pretty good except... Sprinklers, you know, and it's yeah. Mike Donovan. It's so expensive to fix, right. is, is the thing.
2: Mike right. Donovan and myself, um, another like, local promoter. Local promoter. Him and I and Dana used to be Bounce Theory back in the 90s, and, and we threw, you know, quite a few parties. One of them, our biggest one, we did, you know, uh, I want to say 16, 1800. It was at the traffic circle. And, you know, we have conversations all the time how lucky. And this was before the Oakland right. thing even happened, right. how lucky we were to have that many people in a space mm. and, and nothing, nothing happened. seriously happened to those people. Because, I mean, we could have we could have been charged for every little thing. You know, right. We had insurance policies and a million-dollar insurance policy on the night. But, I mean, but those 10, 10 policies, people burn up or, right. or, or something yeah. happens, you know. and catty- Insurance policy won't put out a fire. Yeah. Right. And, and that right. won't. That will never ease my mind, yeah. And me right. putting those people in that situation, you know. It's like I said, Mike and I talk about it every now and then. Yeah, how lucky it was a, we are, it was a
1: very different time, Jason and I. Um, uh, Jason Brooks, aka Naughty Groove, um, and, and we we have uh, in the groove mm-hmm. and we did you know similar things all the time, you know, and it was. Yeah, you you do you get those insurance things, and and when you're younger, you know, and all you're thinking about is putting on the party. Yep. Well, yeah, I've got insurance. Uh, you know, it, we're good to go. And and it's it's sad that sometimes it takes the maturing of age or a tragedy mm. to really have that that reflection and yeah, retrospect and and look back and and really say wow. We really are super lucky—not just us as promoters that we didn't cause yeah. a tragedy or or be a part of one or have to carry the weight of one, mm-hmm. but you know that it just for everybody else that was there, like yeah. it, 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 thankfully we were blessed with mostly you know nothing but good times out of all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So,
2: the 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 one place that always comes to my mind was the warehouse in Springfield that Wilhelm K. used for Get Freaky 2 mm. with Sugar Hill Gang, Danny mm. the Wild Child. Wow. It was an industrial waste <laughs> warehouse.
3: Oh, no. So just basically a fire waiting to happen. It was well, not, uh, not fire, fire industrial
2: waste. Yeah. Needles, yeah. like all, like, just... Bad juju. A, a place, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A place with... Biological warfare zone. Really wanted to walk through. Yeah, you know, it was... It was it was gross. It was dirty, but you go in there with a a big ass sound system and a bunch of lights. You know, it's the best. And over time metal shavings
1: right. in the air. You know, right. no. But to, are, are these your needles?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but good one. But it's,
1: um, nah. But to rein all that in, like I, I personally w- didn't have have any connection to anybody there, but um, there were a lot of people that um, I know that did mm-hmm. and you know just seeing my friends in san francisco oakland and even some of my chicago and and new york people that have connections to that place and to the artists that were playing there that night like the just seeing the panic and then the heartbreak and you know and going through all of this grief and some of them are a lot more vocal than others so you know even today um however many weeks later and you know they're still, you know, uh, trying to work through that grief, and yeah, it, it it's it's awful. But
0: did you hear how how that started? What was the origin of that fire? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. did we know that? No,
1: not yet. Um, so I, I think for me, and and then like you know Pulse nightclub, you know there was nothing any of those people could have done.
0: Yeah, Pulse was a little different situation. Right. I mean that was an attack. Right. And which is is its own kind of tragedy. Right. Um. And it's it's frustrating because you know we we mentioned this a little bit before um, the whole rave um, uh, the idea is this whole you know we've talked about plur and, and you know the origins of that whole like this is totally like. Just a place where you can go and be yourself, and, right. and it's completely autonomous and get away from real life and do right. what you want and be yourself. And it's always Just have a good time. Yeah, for a lot of, and, and not that I don't know much about Pulse specifically, right? Um, and how integrated integrated it was with like big EDM or the dance music scene or anything.
1: But it's safe to but, say that, uh, uh, if I remember right, it was a gay club. Yeah. Yes. And you know, I assume that they didn't have live music playing, that they had a DJ there and being passionate DJ and, and, and supporting the DJ community. And then, you know, the dance, the people who come to see those DJs and dance, you know, that, that, that falls under our umbrella too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely
1: have our condolences and, and,
0: and for that, that kind of attack to, you know, where we've got all these elements that, that play in there with sexual orientation Right. religion philosophy and all these things that just well up in this this person to cause this kind of tragedy which is right. just you know for so many people whether they come in from the rave side or just if they're going to a gay club for a lot of people that's their oasis sure. that's where they go to be themselves because not everybody is out is you out, know what right. i mean right. and so that might be where they went to feel safe right you know and that's really frustrating that 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 was taken there. away from them that was taken right. away from them right um and so uh definitely our hearts go out to those who who suffered through those tragedies um you know in the past year and uh hopefully it doesn't discourage anybody uh, as far as you know nightlife in general or or djing or the scene you know it's 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 a really sad thing that happened and and our hearts go out to the families um I just hope it's not a reflection on what we do as a whole, you know, um, as far as nightlife and stuff like that goes because I even, you know, for me, it's it's a place where I go to to get away from real life for a while <laughs> right. and to get lost in the music or whatever it is that I'm doing and uh, you know, that's that's therapeutic for a lot of people, mm-hmm. yep. you know.
3: So, along with uh, just kind of reflecting on some of the things that happen, you know, a lot of us here had the opportunity to, to be touched by some of the folks that we lost this year in the music industry, not trying to encapsulate everyone that uh, we lost this year, but some of the people that kind of influenced us as as DJs, um, folks like David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, Bowie was rough for me. I, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, Bowie's like... It was the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and just all, out of nowhere, just boom, he's gone. You know, because I remember seeing that Les Dance video for the first time as a kid, you know and it was just this is one of those things i remember clearly
0: yeah he was he was so unique and and brought so much to the table musically and and just did his his thing mm-hmm. you know and it's just it's one of those people that you look up to as being a a thought leader when it comes to music right, you know what right. i mean
1: yeah definitely forward thinking he was definitely ahead of his time
3: and his career spanned such a long, long. time right. too mm-hmm. you know all the going all the way back to the ziggy stardust stuff mm-hmm and then even doing the christmas songs with uh Bing Crosby <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> things like that and the guy was rangy
0: and he was relevant through many generations and decades so and you know obviously the same thing could be said about Prince i mean just the absolute yeah. sheer i mean that was a
1: hard one for me
0: for yeah sure. yeah just the he's so prolific doesn't even begin i mean it he's literally got vaults of unreleased music. He's just a music machine. He
1: woke up and wrote 10 songs before breakfast. I can't write two songs a year, (laughs) 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 you know? Uh, And, and, you know, I've, I've mentioned on the show before that like I, I grew up in a very musical household. Music was always playing and, you know, regardless of when, it was in his career. I mean, Prince was always being played, you know, whether it was the revolution or, you know, Prince or the artist formerly known 1999
2: as 1999 like, I mean, was one of my top oh, yeah, 10 favorite absolutely,
1: albums. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, so that was a, a pretty hard one for me. I mean, I still have copies of 1999 and Purple Rain and, you know, and all of that stuff. I, I think I've even got, you know, uh, some of the earlier. Um, Revolution stuff controversy, yeah. And it's just you know, there was so much around that where they were, you know, saying, Oh, it was an overdose on heroin, or if it, you know, or fentanyl, or painkillers, or you know, and it was just you know, there was just so much around that that, you know, just feel it just especially for us here where we've got a bunch of you know, friends and, and acquaintances and even people we don't know. It's just such a, a big problem, even, you know, here in our area with, with all of the heroin overdoses and the fentanyl and all of these things that are going on, and it all stems back to, you know, painkiller addiction. Painkillers, yeah. and, and, you know, so all, all of these things, it, it all really does, you know, connect, you know, at, at some point. So when you're, when, when you deal with, with something that's hitting our area that we're very, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, familiar with and you're losing a musical legend that is like integral to your, 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 up, up fetchins, you, know? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, like it, it, that one really did hit hard for me. Yeah. And,
0: and Dayton's got a real opiate issue at the moment. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, that's something that's affected our community directly yeah. uh, a few times. And, you know, that's one of those things that if, if we can encourage anybody to get help, if they're struggling with that, uh, no judgments, you know, that's right. I feel free to just shoot me an email, uh, david at passionate Or if you want to talk to any of the guys, I'm sure we could link up. Yeah. Uh, if you just want to tell your story, you know, no judgments, no, uh, recommendations even, I mean, none of us are, are experts, but, um, you but know, every story
3: that's told can help somebody else that you don't know or may never
0: meet. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to talk about some of our thoughts and maybe some predictions on the EDM market as a whole in 2017, what we might expect to see, and also talk gear. Coming up next. Before we get to that i'd like to lighten the mood a little bit and hear from our beloved audience so as always you know we love getting your comments tweets emails likes and especially voicemails so keep them coming now this is a comment from 045 who gave last week's holiday record exchange episode a listen and in the show notes we asked did any of you get any wax or new tracks and they replied Some friends and I have been doing a white elephant exchange the past couple of years, received, traded out, and stole some heaters this year. Now some of the tracks they mentioned are Who Got the Funk by Break, We Do Our Thing by Prolix, a remix of Ought by encode, no trace by Bowser and speed killer by Grid Optics and Sesters. I can't even I can't even pronounce that. Sester- Sesterce. S E S T E R C E. Somebody write in correct how in the world do you pronounce that? Enjoy the show as always. Keep up the good work. Easy. Thanks so much for sharing those 045 and of course they were kind enough to leave links to all those tracks if you'd like to go and preview them. We also have a comment from Charlize on my DJ controller guide which by the way is now called the controller compendium. It says nice one David, there's a provision for everybody regardless of budget and stage of production. So I'm glad it's been helpful for you Charlize, that's one thing I always try to do with that guide is make sure that we address all the major price points so that you can, you know, make a smart decision for your budget. If you'd like to check out that controller compendium, just hit up passionatedj.com forward slash controllers. And finally, we have a comment from Old Shatterhand is dead. This is on an older article of mine called Why DJs are Not Musicians. It says, he's absolutely right. A DJ is nothing else but a hyena of music industry. A DJ is like a fluffer in porn. A DJ is like a referee in football, untalented enough to be professional. This is how it is shortly. If you are a DJ, it means you're a man with desires that never come true. Thanks for the encouraging words, old Shatterhand. I'll just leave it there. And now, back to the show.
1: So, um, I know that, you know, on top of reflecting both, you know, positive and negative, um, uh, one of the other things that we kind of wanted to do with this episode was to look forward. And, uh, you know, so there's a couple of ways that we we can approach that, you know, one, you know, what do we think is going to happen you know, in the obvious part, you know, as far as hardware and gear. And I think that that'll be a little more fun of a, (laughs) of a discussion. So before we get there, I really want to talk about, uh, where is the American EDM scene going? Mm. And I know that we've got a lot of, uh, listeners in India, uh, England and Africa and, and other places around the world. But, you know, um, we live in America. So, you know, selfishly, you know, I'm a little more interested in the EDM scene here than anywhere else. But, um, you know, we had this era of, you know, the rave act destroyed a bunch of things and, and forced us in back into the underground and, and really almost lost it all. But then here comes Sillerman with SFX and this humongous, like hundreds of millions of dollars and a, And, and this infusion of cash and, and like built up this huge empire and bought Beatport and, um, and built up all of these like mega festivals. So now we've got all of these superstar DJs that have these humongous paychecks and these festivals that cost hundreds of millions of dollars to, to run and you know, all of this stuff. And it's huge, but then like earlier this year SFX went bankrupt. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's been all this speculation that, you know, everything is going to, you know, come tumbling down. But I got to tell you, I just saw at the beginning of the month that uh SFX has gone through chapter 11. Mm-hmm. They've got a new CEO and they have zero debt and a new name. You know, so they're rebranding. There's no debt Got new leadership. I'm actually kind of more optimistic than anybody else has been since all of that came out about SFX. Now, what I think I would really like to see, and then I'll open it up from there, is do we think that the EDM scene can find an equilibrium in this capitalist society? Because what I think we saw with SFX and that whole era was a lot of excess and uh, and everybody running to the teat to see what they could squeeze yeah. out of it. Now you know, can we get these mega superstars to bring down some of their prices? Can we get these people who put these you know festivals together to try to you know cut some costs, still put in all of this like you know put in all of the what it takes to put a festival on? But you know, can we? can we all work together to bring some of the cost down? It shouldn't cost somebody $500 to go to a festival, you know? Yeah, like, no. It just, it, you know, Well. and that's just a ticket. <laughs> when you're
2: looking at these festivals, though, you have, you say 500 for a ticket,
1: well, but and you, have, you have
2: 250 you know, artists. Sure. I'm going to exaggerate with you. Sure, sure. So 250 artists, so realistically, the way they're looking at it is you're paying $2 per artist. Yeah, that's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But a lot of these major festivals that have all these artists they're they're uh, there used to be what five to ten now there's forty to fifty right right you know there's they're all they're all over the place, and I just feel like it's it's getting. Out of hand. It's ballooning. Yeah, Yeah. for
1: sure. And, and, and it's because I feel, and I may be totally wrong on this, but I feel like it's almost because they're just out trying to outdo each other and Mm -hmm. they're trying to pull from the same pool of, of, of partiers, Mm -hmm. you know, so you know if i've got 10 headliners and then you say oh well i've got 15 at the at the same price mm-hmm. well then i got I got to outdo you but if i bring on 20 well i can't do it at that same price so you know you keep bringing on more headlining you know talent and and ballooning your own cost which makes you pass that on to the consumer and and it does it becomes a big balloon that you know at some point everybody's got to realize this is not sustainable
0: yeah. right do you think uh, maybe Maybe Tony, you're the guy to ask this. Do you think that 2017 is going to be drastically different than 2016 in that way? Or do you think it'll be more the
2: same? Any thoughts on that? I think some of the festivals are going to be cut out. You think? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're already seeing some of it. Um, a lot of the major festivals that's been around for years and that you can't really let go of, you know, the EDC. that's going to stick around. Ultra is going to stick around. Um, Your staples. Electric Forest is going to stick around. Those those are are not going to go anywhere. What I do like seeing at these things that um, has slowly grown over the years are more techno, more underground sound. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll use Ultra as a, as a major example. They have the Resistance stage now. Which is, you know, we talked about it several times, your capriotis, your Sasha and Digweed, Hot Sense 82, Dub Fires, you know, all of that sound. And they're integrating more and more and more into the festivals, you know, because these kids are starting to open their mind a little bit right. and... You know, diving Locally, in yeah, diving instead of the, the surface instead design. of the EDM, you know, which there's nothing wrong with it to each his own, whatever. But if that's what it takes those, you know, for those kids to come into the to the scene right. and open their, their eyes and their ears, you know, and their minds to other things. Yeah. I, so I was know, just
0: going to say I wanted to hear your answer first. But my my kind of thought is I don't think we're going to see a drastic shift in 2017 when it comes mm-hmm. to that. I think you're right. I think some of the some of the excess is going to wane a little bit, mm-hmm. and I I think that quote unquote the underground, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call that, I think is going to have a pretty strong. Run yeah, this I'd year. like to
2: see more of that, you know, and, and and I'm I'm hoping that's the way things are going because it's I don't want to see. Uh, smokers and Blau and Hardwell and Tiesto and, you know, I'm just throwing mm. all these, you sure. know, air Big quote name. top 100 yeah. DJs out there uh, of, of the mix mag that's playing a remix of the same song that the four guys before him played. Right. You know what I mean? Because ultimately at the end of the day, it's still the same song. Right. It, it may be a different drop. It may be a different something here and there. But when you have all those right. guys playing... You know, I mean, give me a variety. Give me more of a variety. I don't
0: know if we're on the other side of the curve or if that's a thing anymore, because we've talked about that before as far as like the EDM bubble. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because we're in a much different climate now, people discover music in different ways. All those people who are into their own little underground niche can find each other because everybody's wired to each other all the time now, which is right. kind of different than the rave era. So, uh, you know, this so-called bubble could last a lot longer than we may have thought sure. um, but I think that the, the timing is such now to where it's, it's been going for a couple years and now the people who were first discovering it when it was the cool thing to do mm-hmm. they're either falling off
1: or they're finding
0: or they're investigating and they're right. finding and they're strengthening <laughs> that what we call the underground for lack of a better term. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's pretty cool. I mean that's what we want. I mean as, nothing is really
2: is it really underground anymore. I'll just call it a complete different genre, or a complete yeah. different style yeah. with with I, within the community. Stuff that
0: doesn't mm-hmm. appeal to the general college crowd, I guess. Right. right. Which
2: which somebody EDM you seek out. Or you know the stuff that's on the main stage now was you know, 10 years ago, definitely not accepted, but now it is now that you have pop culture in with it, you know, so. Oh yeah.
1: I mean, EDM is used to sell everything from razors to soda pop, you know, not just
2: just, Mitsubishi's anymore. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean,
1: it's everywhere and it's integrated into everything.
2: And that's in, in 2017, that's my hopes. And one thing that I will say about 2017, because I did see it on the, on the ultra resistant stage Sasha and Digweed together. Oh, mm. So like I said in a previous episode, 2017, there could be a Sasha and Digweed tour. Oh man. And that's what I'm hoping for in 2017.
1: For me, I think... Start saying that for plane tickets. <laughs> <I> know,
2: <right?
1: laughs> in that same vein, I think for me, I, what I would really like to see as far as the American uh, scene go is, you know, in England, drum and bass is, is one of those king shit genres you know i mean Mm -hmm. hospital records and and some other like um uh big promotion and record labels and all of that they put together these festivals it 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 boggles my mind that that many people are coming together to celebrate drum and bass but like you do that here in the states and you get 500 people (laughs) (laughs)
5: like
1: and and uh, of course i'm 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 exaggerating again but like you know i i just i i'm i'm hopeful that To your point, being on that point of the curve where the people who just came into EDM because EDM was the cool thing and there was all this money and flashiness and, you know, so now as those people either wane off and then they go off to whatever the next thing is for them or the people who actually stick around, dig a little deeper, I hope they find some drum and bass because it would be really cool to see drum and bass, you know, get up there you know in popularity Mm -hmm. Uh, because i mean uh, drum and bass in the states has always you know ridden a wave you know it goes up it goes down it goes up it goes down there was even a point around 2008 through 2010 11 where like all of the drum and bass uh producers in the states like started making dubstep because that's what was cool you know and then like all of your mainstay drum and bass guys like ak AK 1200 were very vocal like Oh, you guys ain't cool anymore? Like, <laughs> you guys are going to jump ship, you know, because that's the that's cool thing. That's where the thing? money's at. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, so what I would really like to see is for Drum and Bass to get back up on the upswing and and really, you know, have some some good shows and some killer, like, tours and stuff come through.
2: It's either that or mumble rap. Oh,
1: no. no Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> For me talking about <laughs> For me when you guys talk about that uh, bubble bursting, I mean especially in the United States uh, the way our, I mean, you can look back historically and see the economy fluctuate, right? And you know, right. there's all these bubble, you know, we have all these bubble economies, we had that huge housing crisis, right? Yep. A few years ago. Um, but with this EDM bubble kind of getting large, I'm kind of hoping as it tapers off, we start to see um, smaller festivals with bigger names, mm-hmm. more intimate settings.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe less people. Less like, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. If, if, if they're a lot more selective about. Who they put at the top of the bill, then you can fill up the rest of the lineup with you know regional and up upcoming talent, and even you know throw some unknowns and locals in there, you know things like that, you know, and just be a lot more selective, and you know, still create that competition in between, you know the the different
5: festivals.
0: But- you know that's interesting because we always talk about like trying to make sure that we respect the roots of DJing, but we don't really think about the roots of promoting our kinds of shows. And that's, that's crucial to this, you know, like the way that you incorporate local talent into your shows or, you know, the choices that you make in the heads or the, uh, the headliners that you put together, all that stuff makes a difference in how that stuff turns out. Right. Right. And I
3: think shows like you and I went to urban, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that were, we had what, Nas.
0: It was yeah, there, uh, real talk yeah,
5: yeah.
3: and uh, atmosphere? Yep. And when we went, I was I wasn't expecting what happened there because it was a it was in a tunnel, a, tr- a transit tunnel, <laughs> right? And I'd say maybe if there were a thousand people there,
1: I, I, I'd be more generous and call it a couple thousand. But I mean, yeah.
0: Do you think we'll see more that's one thing I really noticed this year is a lot of the bigger festivals, I'm sure you can speak to this, Tony. A lot of them are incorporating, they're they're mixing up the lineups with like the big college EDM whatever mm-hmm. sound, and then like nineties hip hop and stuff like that. Like they're they're learning to cross, yeah, um,
2: cross audiences. Cross audience, yeah. That's uh, so that one, they can keep
0: those big lineups that's up. That's
2: one big thing that PSG does. Yeah. And they've um we when we started it with with Numberfest, um we would do i think the first year we took over was kendrick lamar and steve aoki so you had your you had your rap mm-hmm. and you had your edm and then we had uh 12th planet and um wiz khalifa and breakaway again you know chance the rapper with benny benazi and young thug and dylan francis you know so yeah. it's yeah they're definitely putting I bet more we genres see more within, yeah, to to kind of reach out to um, other demographics yeah. of people. Well, you almost have taste. to. I mean, yeah.
1: it, I mean, if if all you do is you you cater to one genre, one crowd, and you fill up a, a day or two day festival lineup with nothing but that genre, then you're not really gonna get that much return on your investment because right. you can fill up. Yeah. Give me 25 of the top trap DJs. The same amount of people are going to come because that's all they listen to is trap. But mm-hmm. as soon as you start like diversifying your lineup, well then, you know, yeah, I got this top, uh, hip hop guy or rap guy and this top, uh, uh, trap guy. And then I bring in like this techno name or, or whatever and or start old school and that's something. Right, something where I was yeah. talking about and, where and you start, have, you start bringing more, a more diverse crowd in, as well as a diverse lineup. You
2: have five guys playing the same track, five different remixes of right. the same track. Instead, right. you know, diversify your lineup, and you know, then you don't run into you that don't have to issue. run into that yeah. issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: it was like Lollapalooza, how they would have just, you know, you'd have Pearl Jam and Wu Tang, and you know, <laughs> yeah. just all these this huge nasty
1: the last time collaboration I collaboration. Yeah, the last of, time I went to music. Lollapalooza, I saw. I saw Dead Mouse, Tool, uh, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Cage the Elephant, Mastercraft, like <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, just a very eclectic thing. And and as long as you know who's playing where, you can plan it all out and 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 really get a rich musical experience. And, and, and was, I think
3: that's why South by Southwest has, has such a huge success. Absolutely. Because when I went to that, it was like, like just everywhere is like yeah. such an eclectic collection. Yeah. of and I think, all the music.
0: I yeah. think part of that it's it's not all financial too. I think it kind of speaks to how people discover to and listen to music Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Because I know like back when I was in high school, it was very, it was clicked out. You know, it was, there's the goth kids, there's the preppy hip hop kids, there's the whatever. And they were, had all these little groups. And now everybody listens to a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're all constantly on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever, and getting assaulted by different sounds all the time that, you know, where we might not have sought it out before. Right. Um so I think it might actually kind of speak to the more eclectic tastes that that everybody seems to have now which is kind of cool. Yeah.
5: Agreed.
0: Uh what about gear? What do <laughs> you guys expect to see in the coming year?
1: Uh
5: yeah, I, I don't...
1: Touch
2: screen everything.
1: Well, right. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's more of a Touch prediction or if, a, a, if it's more of a prediction or more of a want, but, like, it, yeah.
0: DJM Tour 2? <laughs> <laughs> no!
1: If they can make it look less like Battleship, I think yeah. I, you might get my... And bring the cost down. You might get my attention, but... No, like... <laughs> and make better promo videos. <laughs> right. That video was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Um... So, I for me, I, I you know, like I, I mentioned in a previous episode that like when the DDJ RZ uh, RZX was released, like I got super excited. I was like, yeah, that's that's the if I'm gonna have a controller, that's. You know, it. I I love my SZ, but there are certain things about it that I would I would rather have, and you know the the visual feedback and and touch screen capability, all and all of those things that this thing was integrating, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. But the minute I saw that you still had to have a laptop, and I get why. I mean, that's a lot of processing power to yeah. ask any standalone unit to do. But at the same time, I, I you know that's what I want is to be, you know, the, the, the era of the laptop for me personally, I think needs to kind of go. and I, and, and the reason I say that is because one of the top complaints that I've heard from crowds and friends and, and, and people that, you know, that aren't DJs, they just go to shows is that, the last thing they want is for the person that they're going to go see is to have their nose in the laptop, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that, as awesome as Tractor and Serato and all that stuff has been over the years, that's one of the things that the, that the crowd has lost is is that interaction with a DJ. And before I was on Serato, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit there were a few years as you're getting used to that format you know yeah your nose is in the laptop because yeah. that's where everything is mm-hmm. you know everything else in front of you you know that's just the mechanics of it but you know if you're if you're constantly in the software that's that much time that you're not interacting with your crowd so by being able to move all of the functions that you do in your laptop and move it over to whatever gear that you're using the more that the closer we can get to that i i think i would i would be more embracing
2: people that. spend a lot of time staring at the wave you right. know, when we had right. the record, you can look at the groove all you want, and yeah, you're going to kind of see where maybe where something breaks down, are. but you're not yeah. going to see the full wave of the song, and right. that's where a lot of people come, you know, and they're just staring at the computer for the wave. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, pretty. All yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: the pretty lights. Yeah. Right. You right. know, what
2: the song's going to do and, and things like that, and they get caught up staring at that.
3: Yeah, I'm on the same train as you. I want to see a
0: standalone controller. I think it's
3: 2016 well no sorry it's going to be 2017 yeah <laughs>
0: right I think that we're going to see I mean we we saw a lot of experimentation with embedded systems Absolutely. this year. I think we're going to see more of that I don't know if we'll see like the first native instruments completely standalone embedded controller thing that right. would be awesome for me right but I also think that um, Native Instruments and Serato and company are software companies and that's not in their best interest to do yeah. and they know that. Right. So I think that plays a factor. Um, Agreed. But I think we'll see a lot of the grassroots stuff happening this year with creating those kind of embedded systems and, and maybe Pioneer. I don't know. They Pioneer surprised me a few times with some of their decisions lately. So it, I could go either way on whether they do that or not.
1: Yeah, And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm well invested in Serato, but like... I, I also feel like you know you as as somebody who works in the technology field, I totally get that, you know, yeah, it's not in their best interest to shave you know the the core offering. <laughs> but, you know, again, to like be able to have an option to, you know, uh, with some hardware that's integrated with that. So like, you know, similar to record box, I mean, how long was record box just this like library management thing and you set up your cue points and you did all of your, you know, pre-work in that. And then if you went out somewhere, you could plug it into a CDJ and and then all of your stuff is there. So, you know, maybe just give that option, you know, to have some hardware that says, you know, okay, if you bring a flash drive, with your Serato library and Mm. cue points and all of that stuff, then you can plug it into this hardware and it recognizes that, you know, so, and, and, you know, or, and, or, you know, it it gives you this other added functionality, you know, within the hardware that you would normally be able to do with a laptop. But, and, and, you know, talking it out, you know, it it definitely sounds like a big wish list item, (laughs) you know, but, you know, it, it, I I think it, it could be done if, if they were so inclined.
0: I feel like we're gonna see a weird turntable of some kind too. Like I don't know why I I feel like somebody's gonna try to come out with something. Didn't Cubert do something earlier with Microsoft, with I don't the know.
2: Uh, with the QFO?
0: I think that's what it was. Where it was the
3: standalone turntable? I think it had a USB port on. it. Oh yeah,
0: it. and then somebody.
3: And somebody in Russia. I was gonna say did somebody DBS? in Russia yeah. like
1: like actually do the D internal like DBS? DBS. Yeah your buttons up here actually controlled at all yeah Yeah.
0: i I feel like because we talk about feature bloat a little bit yep yep. and turntables are really popular again but there's not much (laughs) yay
3: (laughs) but there's not much to them and oh yeah my wife's really excited about
5: that
0: (laughs) djing is very Techie and digital right. and feature laden now and right. turntables aren't and right. and somebody's going to mess with that, have to, I feel. Yeah, they're yeah. going
1: to have to marry it <laughs> Come in order something. to get the younger yeah. uh, kids who may not be as as interested in, in a turntable and all yeah. that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Just a thought, though. I have no real prediction on that, but yeah. I, I feel like something turntable is going to happen this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not $4,000?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it probably won't be techniques. (laughs) Maybe Pioneer. I don't know. But Pioneer came out with that 500 PLX 500 this year, like a step down from their 1,000s. Mm -hmm. And I I don't even really know what the difference is. Mm -hmm. I think maybe less torque or something. But it's another one of those weird Pioneer things where they just have to hit every single possible price Price point. point. I don't know. So maybe they'll come out with some $4,000 turntables for us. No, I found the uh, q
3: thing. It was a mixer that had the uh, Yeah,
0: computer. that was with the built-in tractor, the Thud oh, Rumble. Oh, was that the yeah. Thud
1: Rumble? Yeah. yeah. In, uh, Invader was yeah. what it was called, yeah.
0: That yeah. thing was cool. Cool Conceptually cool. Not ready for prime time, probably. Right. But. All right, coming up in the next segment, we are going to talk about personal resolutions and goals for the coming year for ourselves as, as artists and DJs, and then also what to expect from Passionate DJ in 2017. And just as a quick side note, the music that you're hearing right now was all produced by our very own Mister Trip Turlington. So check him out at SoundCloud.
1: www. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was so high. <laughs>
0: right. W W D U B B U A W. What's your What's your SoundCloud, bro? Yep. SoundCloud.com uh, <laughs> slash Trip Turlington. Yep. Check it out, and we'll be right back. First, let's hear from a couple of previous guests and longtime friends of Passionate DJ, Joe Pardo and Jessica Finner of Apart Music, and she's also known as Fortune, were some of the earliest guests on the podcast way back in 2013. I asked if they'd mind to check in and let us know what they have going on. So let's do it. Hey, Passionate DJs,
1: this is Joe Pardo, and I just wanted to wish everybody a happy new year. I hope everybody has as great of a a year as I have had this year. It's been an amazing journey for me. While I haven't had a chance to work on any new DJ projects since Adventuratorium, I do have something in the works that I've been planning and thinking about and uh, plotting out in my mind for for quite a while now. So now that my podcast and my books and everything is going so well, uh, I actually am going to be able to have time (laughs) To, uh, to start working on this new secret Disney-related project. And I can't wait to share it all with you. Uh, David, congratulations on yet another year of The Passion DJ, uh, the blog, the podcast, everything. I wish you the best of luck going into 2017.
7: Hello, this is Jessica with Apart Music. 2016 has been an interesting year. We've had lots of progress in Milwaukee with new venues embracing house music. And finally, a world-class venue to bring high-caliber artists. We've done events with Claude Von Stroke, Green Velvet, and that's something we've really been missing in past years. Apart is embarking on several new ventures with fresh venues in 2017 that we're looking forward to very much, as well as seeing the scope of what Apart does grow somewhat, and I can't say more than that right now. 2016 has also been a year of upheaval. We've lost many music icons and suffered a crazy election, and I think we were all shaken up by the terrible tragedy with the Oakland fire. But out of this turbulence, I'm feeling a strong call to action and a need to explore how we can respond to these events within our music community. So in 2017, we'll be aligning ourselves with several local nonprofits whose causes may need our support more than ever after 2016's election results. We'll be bringing awareness to their causes and letting people know how they can access them. We also will be exploring how we as promoters can act to create safer environments and party spaces. And we're going to be looking to other promoters to collaborate with us and adopting some voluntary safety standards for our local community. So overall, we're looking forward to growing many more musical experiences in Milwaukee for our community, but also putting our motto of music activism at the forefront and embracing the opportunity to continue serving music's underlying purpose, which for me means building community, happiness, positivity, and love in a safe environment for all.
0: Now, there are two other longtime friends of the show who had planned on calling in and both of them missed the deadline for very good and very similar reasons. So we want to say congratulations to our friend Kilma and to our friend Mr. Shifter as they both became parents. So our best wishes go out to Kilma and her family and to Jack and his family for bringing their new bundles of joy into the world. I think this is number three for Mr. Shifter. So extra congratulations to both of you. And we know that both babies have awesome sets of parents and that they will grow up to be amazing humans. And now back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to our annual New Year's episode. We're going to talk about what we all plan on doing for ourselves as artists in the coming year, or just personal development in general. Uh, Mo, what do you got going on?
3: (laughs) I got a laundry list.
0: Yeah? Good. Uh, (laughs) Good. (laughs) Now, as
3: far as uh, personal goals, um, and this actually was kind of brought on by me being brought into the fold here, and seeing what you guys have the capacity to do, is I... and. Again, my wife thanks Trip for this. Yeah, and sure the she her does. Baller budget uh, episode, <laughs> but uh, no, I, uh, I I want to learn to scratch. I, nice. Back when I was younger, me too. You know, I used vinyl, but uh, never learned to scratch. I just didn't have the patience. Um, so that's something I've committed to, evidenced by my purchase of two Technique twelve hundreds. Awesome. Um,
1: which and, was you know, funny because it started off as it's, those it's, Stantons look pretty nice and the price was right. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and no, the thing it, I know. He's like sending me links on uh, for a Craigslist turntable. Uh, yeah. A turntable he found on Craigslist. And I was like, yeah, it looks like it's in good shape for that price point. Yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Go for yeah. it. And then another friend of mine
3: <laughs> just happened to be selling, another, selling another one for
1: the same price.
3: So <laughs> in the span of like seven days, I wound up with two 1200s. Nice. <laughs> cool. And my wife is like, oh. We can't right. be neighbors anymore. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to have to move.
2: <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, that's uh, that's one of my big ones. Another one that's kind of scary, um, but I just kind of I need to commit to it and I know it needs to be done is to skinny down my my tracks on my laptop, the ones that are physically saved onto the drive. That's yeah. so hard to do. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we've talked about doing a future episode is talking about library management. So I figure what better way to give a then to give a real testimony in true life of what it's like because I am even just talking about it, I'm kinda sweating right now. <laughs> you know, my, my tongue, my mouth is getting dry. Um it's a, it's an emotional issue. Like I'm scared to take all this music off there. But right. at the same time, what do I really need three thousand songs on my hard drive? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, can, how many songs can I play in a set? You know, how many songs can I play in one night? Right. So and I have plenty of storage space, but it's just an issue of principle that, you know, I want to become better at management. So what better way than to start off fresh? And I mean, I'm not going to delete them all. I'll put them on you know, an external it, right, or some something. Kind, yeah,
1: some kind of a cold storage drive. Exactly. Like and, cloud or
3: something. and And come up with a better method of maximizing my storage space and also labeling and uh, library management. So um, I need you guys with me on this one, community. Okay.
0: We'll follow your uh, progress along the way too, especially with that library management thing, because that's that's going to be something that you'll probably have an idea going in, and then like in a couple months from now, you'll have a completely different plan because yeah. you'll just figure out what works mm-hmm. and what doesn't. Yeah. Just
3: like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. nice. and, and I figured this is going to go
3: like this going to go like twelve rounds. I, I, I kind of feel it in the future. Um, obviously, as Dave said, you know we want to launch this a robust amb- ambassador program. We have some ideas. We have some people that we're, th- we're thinking about to help us out with this. So please, uh, once we launch this, uh, let us know how, how you can help us. You guys are already doing the work, but we wanna find a way to reward you for taking care of us and therefore the community. So we need people from all over the globe. Um, we're not trying to limit it, but we're just trying to be as effective as humanly possible. So please uh, be on the lookout for that. And lastly, uh, I wanna record three mixes. Uh, mm. over the next year. Last year I did two. Uh, they were spaced very far apart. Um, because you know, life happens, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have a profession. <laughs> I also have children who right. require a lot of time. I have horses, you know, I have a wife and I have neighbors and I have friends and I have shows I want to go see and I got, right. you know, friends I want to help, you know, maximize their business and their potentials. You know, and I have my own business that I'm that I started too with the mobile DJ thing. So
1: and you have an Xbox.
3: And I have an Xbox. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, yeah, as exactly. long as you've
1: got an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> all that other stuff. No, I'm kidding.
0: So so <laughs> actually, You guys can't see him, but Tony's playing Call of Duty Ghosts right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Triple
3: Prestige.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Boom, headshot.
0: <laughs> so
3: <laughs> so over the course of the next year, yeah, I wanna record at least three
0: mixes. Do you have any kind of plan for those mixes or are you not there yet? No,
3: I just, I did, like I said, I did two last year. It wasn't super challenging. So I want to commit to three. Okay. And um, by all means, I'll, I'll throw out the link to that. And please, you know, honest feedback cool. is always appreciated. Cause I think one of the things that happens to us, we, you know, we, we go play out and we talk to our friends and they're like, Oh, you were awesome. You were awesome. Okay. Well, no, I, I need to know what I can be better at because you don't get it better at anything by doing the same thing over and over you get the most growth at the margin of your success so i know what i'm comfortable with I, I need to push beyond that so that's just that's how we get better that's it's how always how we good get to push out the comfort forwards. zone yep right. mm-hmm. so those are my uh those are the four things i have listed for myself i'm sure i'll come up with others as the year progresses but uh i'm i'm telling you the community that these are the things i want to do and I, I need your help
0: with the accountability of that so yep. we're asking for help from you awesome Cool, anybody else want to jump in with some personal goals here?
1: Sure. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is uh, I've been burning the candle at both ends, uh, as evidenced by the 3 a.m. messages to you guys.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? Hey, uh, finally done with the editing on that. You know, when those messages come through. I always, I always think, like, damn, he works <laughs> early in the morning, goes to school. How is he messaging us at 2 a.m. in the morning when I'm in bed? <laughs> yeah, right. I know you gotta get up or work. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you're I,
1: killing it, dude. Yeah, very very much uh burning the candle at both ends. And and one of the things that um I took on a little more than a year ago was uh going back to school. And you know, I had all of this drive and momentum to really like, you know, hit it hard and try to get it done as fast as possible. So, you know, I've been taking full load, you know, uh, uh, coursework on top of, you know, everything else. So, um, I think this year I'm going to, uh, you know, take a step back and only take a couple of, uh, a couple of classes per semester and, and, and try to maximize, uh, some more uh, maximize that time. But, also get some time back for, uh, for more personal life stuff. And, uh, the podcast and, and DJing being one of them, uh, it's one of the reasons I don't really take a whole lot of, I, I think this year I've only taken maybe, uh, five, five or six gigs tops. Um, and it was, you know, always a really selective, okay, yeah, I'll do this one. I'll do this one. I'll do this one. And I turned down some others and, um, but it, it was always because, you know, I've got so much going on, like I, I have to I have to be selective, you know. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I'm, I'm really pushing for uh, in 2017 is, you know, continue my schoolwork, but maybe not to, to such an extent. <laughs> and, um, you know, be be able to make some more time for producing music, releasing music. Uh, DJing, making at least a mix this year, you know, because <laughs> like, uh, that was one thing I, I used to love doing was, you know, uh, putting together mixes and burning the CDs and handing them out. And I mean, now I know everything's done by SoundCloud and download links and all that stuff. But still, it was it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping to be able to put all that together. As far as personal growth, I think um, the one thing I'm going to try to focus on is DJing with Ableton. OK, because really, I know it's I know it's uh, a thing. I know it's possible. Um, so and you
0: I, already live in Ableton for for, for production, production and, and editing and everything else. So and producing this show. Right. So
1: um, <laughs> so, you know, give it a shot. You know, I know it's a thing. I know a lot of people do it. I've got a couple of resources that I can look into to to learn how to do it. Um, if anybody's uh, so inclined, uh, there's a website for uh, producers mostly for Ableton called the Warp Academy, Warp um, Warp Academy dot com. And uh, the, the crew there, uh, it's run by a guy named Drew. Uh, he goes by uh, the moniker Vespers, big in the glitch hop uh, uh, genre. Uh, he's up in Canada, but he actually has a course That teaches you how to DJ in Ableton, so that'll probably be where
0: I start. Um, What brought that up, just out of curiosity?
1: um, Just seeing it done, like you know, it it, it's it's a uh, one of those things that you know I know that Ableton's capable of doing it, and it's just one of those things that I haven't, you know, even touched, much less mastered or or become proficient with. So, you know, just just to see what it would be like to to do it. You know, so I don't know if that means I need to get like a push or some other controller, or if it's something mm-hmm. that I can maybe map my S Z to do, or you know, I I don't know. It, like right now, it's all blue sky. I I don't know okay. what 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 I'm gonna do with it yet. But cool. Uh, yeah, put that on my on my uh, list of things that I I want to do for you know to push myself to do something new.
0: Awesome, I like it. Tony, any Absolutely. thoughts, any any goals for the year, either for you as an artist or for Three Dimensional uh, as a, a promotional company?
2: As an artist, first and foremost, I have not put a mix out since 2005. Wow. I think it's about time. That's when I, <laughs> that's when I started DJing, <laughs> Really you realize. 2005. Um, so I've I, never heard a recorded mix of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, us as artists, we're our worst enemies, you know, our, our worst critic. And, critic, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, we're always hearing some type of flaw, seeing type of some type of flaw, you know, within our mix or within our art, our craft, whatever. And nothing's ever perfect for me when it comes to a mix, you know, and if it's something that I hear that most people probably wouldn't hear it still, I hear it. <laughs> I'm like, no, you. no, yeah. not happening, you know. <laughs> Um, I definitely want to put a mix, you know, or three or four. I want to do a lot of um, live casting mm-hmm. this okay. year. Um, a lot of a lot of live casting, mix shows and things like that. Um,
1: the few that you guys have done over the past year, um, you know, with, uh, I know that uh, Chris, uh, Chris Kaus mm-hmm. had, had helped you with, with doing some of those. Those were really cool because even though I couldn't be there, like, I think I was here doing homework or something one night and I just... I saw the link. I fired it up. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had some good tunes. I could see my buddies. It's almost like I'm there in the room <laughs> with you guys. Like.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a good time. Absolutely, yeah. we all. Um, that's that's something that I really want to I want to focus on. That I want to dive more into production. Um, and I'm actually going to be looking to you for a lot of help, a lot of encouragement on it. Anytime. Um, you know that. And that's on my artist side as far as promotion side i definitely um i want to i want to pick our game i mean not that our game is any slouch for Dayton Ohio for shows you know and you know we're booking you know Josh Winks and Green Velvets. and i want to i want to book one second <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i i i want to bring artists that are the next level up of that into our city, you know, okay. Um, it's been a while, and I think our city is due for somebody, you know.
0: I like the sound of that,
2: yeah. Um, I don't want to throw any any names out there because I want them to all be surprises when it does happen, you know, <laughs> find some wood to knock on it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I definitely, um, I, I, I want to push our shows to the next level as well. Awesome, um, yeah,
0: that's. Looking forward to that. yeah, <laughs> well, I can relate to to what a lot of you guys are saying here on the the creating mixes thing. Um, you know, it's I haven't put together a recorded mix in a couple years. It hasn't been too long. Um, but i I decided that I uh, you know, like you guys, I really want to take some time to focus on myself as an artist um, both from the Djing side and the production side and maybe finding ways to marry those together. you know I've got machine and all this kind of stuff that I use in a production environment that I could easily use in a live environment. Uh, so finding a workflow that I like in that way, I think, to, to kind of explore more interactive on the fly live DJ elements, I think would be cool. Um, and then the, the creating mixes thing, I'm, I'm going back and forth between, I, I, I want to do both of these, but I, I know that I need to pick one. Um, because like you, Trip, I've been just going bananas this entire year with all things that are not music related. And I mean, I've just been like, I feel like I've been working 18 hour days for 365 days in a row. and, you know, and It's called life, brother. I, and I keep telling, I'm trying to prepare everyone that I know, like I'm going to take it easy a little bit in 2017 because I'm just for, it's really been about three years that I've been really grinding, ever since I quit my job. Right. So I've got, I've kind of become king of the side hustle. you know, I'm just getting the bills paid and and stuff and and some of that stuff's starting to the dust is settling. And so now I'm ready to really focus on, you know artist development and passionate DJ, which we'll get to. Um, I'm torn between um, wanting to start my my live stream back up, which I used to do a weekly. It was called Thursday Therapy. It's kind of oriented around chill out in deep house, and it was just kind of a way to wind out towards the end of the week. And I it went, you know, nine p.m. to to midnight, and um, I did that for six or twelve months, and it was a lot of fun. And had a little, you know, ten or twenty person following. And and when I quit doing it, I, I still get people sending me messages like, "Why aren't you doing your thing? What's going on?" Right. And people are still asking about it, so it's kind of got me wanting to do it again. Sounds right. like a boiler room project. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like yeah, that, but it was yeah. just me. But yeah, we we talked about doing some stuff like that. It would be we cool. Could get but... some, like
1: cardboard cutouts, for <laughs> yeah, people, and put them on like you know like a like a little like uh, conveyor, <laughs> yeah. like Home like like Alone, yeah. like Home Alone, right? <laughs> yeah, like Home Alone, <laughs> have them going
0: like this like, going. like target shooting, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. You know. um, so I thought about that, but occasionally if...
1: throw a beer bottle on the floor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> If I do it though, I'm going to I'm going to uh, wrap it in some kind of concept. Sure. So it, it, there would be more to it than me just playing tunes, mm. and I've got some ideas there, and I've got a name, Selective Science, mm. but that's as much as I'll say about that because I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. All right. Um, and I'm torn between that and um, creating mixes as well, like some recorded mixes. But like, are you guys familiar with Sa- Sasha's Involver album? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of an in-between between a DJ mix and a, a production, like an album. Right. I would really like to do some of that, like really, really dive into hacking up and putting together a studio mix, like instead of recording it live, kind of like I did for my zombie hotel project. Sure. But Yeah, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, but not oriented around that kind of theme, just music, you know, but really i mean something that i'm going to put like 50 hours into or something and really create and like it were an, like it was an album um i know that i have to pick either that or the stream thing cuz i'm not going to have time for both right so <laughs> it, it, no that's <laughs> smart that's
3: smart yeah <laughs>
0: because i also want to get back into just regular music production and i've right. been back-burnering that for as long as we've been doing this show and right. and i miss it yeah um the other thing obviously is uh, I want to ramp Passionate DJ to the moon. I mean, I want uh, I want us to build this thing even further than it has. You know, we grew up a lot this year, but uh, there's still a lot of loose ends to tie up as far as uh, mostly my loose ends from revamping the website, trying to get our, you know, I've, I've kind of changed the direction of all of our written content and, and our approach to all that stuff. And it's kind of left things in a mess. And I really want to get to the point where we have you know, really just everything structured the way I want and stuff so that we can not worry about uh, the details anymore and just really focus on creating awesome content for you guys, Um, landing some great interviews, coming out with a couple of really big uh, resources, you know, for the website to uh, help people out um, and really interacting more with the audience directly, um, which is part of uh, what Mo's going to be doing. Um, We keep bringing up this ambassador program, and basically the whole idea behind that is we're going to sort of um, seek out a group of maybe ten or twenty hardcore, passionate DJ fans and uh, people who are really just down for the cause and they want to help out and they're not sure how. Um, You know, we had a voicemail a few episodes ago about how can I help. Uh, We get messages like that all the time, and this is a great way for if somebody wants to give back to Passionate DJ um, and also wants to have some fun doing it because it'll be kind of a friendly competition thing amongst the other ambassadors. And so Mo and I are working uh, furiously (laughs) (laughs) to put that together because uh, not only do we, I mean, that helps us to spread the word about Passionate DJ, but that also helps build our core community even more. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll come up with a, we're working on a kind of sign up, process for that and uh, we'll be announcing that on the show and uh mo's going to be like a lifesaver when it comes to all that because he's got a lot of experience with with uh sort of management and logistics and all these things that i just cannot keep track of
3: <laughs> yeah it's i was talking to my, my wife about that it was like you know had had a conversation with dave and i'm just mentioning things that i normally do in my normal profession and dave you could just see like the weight coming off of his shoulders, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like he was kind of you. sitting up a little bit higher and like <laughs> thank his, you for being here Yeah, he a little bit less stress on his face <laughs> i was like okay sweet it I looks like I, I found a place so yeah that's yeah, awesome yeah and did you mention that uh the people that are going to be part of this program are going to reward them for we are going to they already them. do yes yeah.
0: we we have not uh created that reward that system yet yeah. but it will be there and uh like I said, it'll be kind of friendly competition, but it'll be something that we do probably kind of in seasons, you know, like who got the most uh points or whatever it is in spring then mm-hmm. summer, and summer and that way it gives everybody a chance to yeah. participate and I think it'll be a lot of fun. And we'll finish off with a dance off <laughs> next year. <laughs> and just to be clear, you do not have to be local to us here. No, to, no, to sign we up definitely this is a worldwide yeah. if you if you speak English and we can understand each other, let's talk. Yeah. So
1: if I could impose a resolution on our audience, okay? Interact with us. You know, keep those voicemails, keep the emails, keep all of that stuff coming, keep the comments going on the on the uh on the website. Uh because we we really do. We we read all of that stuff. We uh take all of that and we discuss it amongst ourselves and Uh, as some of you well know, you know, we'll take your voicemails and your, and your emails and we read them and listen to them on the show and, and, and integrate that as content. So the more that we can help you, it helps us to help you to help us help
0: you. (laughs) you
3: in a lot of, a lot of the feedback that you guys leave us are, uh, the genesis for some of the concepts we have for our shows.
0: Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. We've we've come up with entire episodes based on something that somebody said or asked in an email or tweeted to us, and we're like, hey, yeah, that's let's great. That's run, idea. a great let's show run topic. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So keep them coming for sure. Yeah. And uh, so to start us off, send us your personal resolution for 2017 because we would love to hear it. And we will play the best ones on the show.
3: Yeah, because we want to help you stay accountable just like we need you to help us stay accountable with our goals for next year.
0: Any final thoughts for 2016, gents?
2: Have a safe one.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Take care. Keep on spinning. And we'll all become better DJs through passion and purpose. Happy New Year. And see you next week. Easy. (laughs) Bye.